Critical Market Update. This is everything you need to know about the crypto and stock market right now. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. This is a critical market update. There has been so much happening as of late. We're going to try to bring you up to speed so you know exactly what is happening in both the crypto and stock market. So it's it's been hmm, it's been quite an interesting time since we've done the last market update. Mm. I mean, we thought the markets were in bad shape before, and everyone was calling for doom and gloom before. And then the second biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world completely collapsed. Yeah, FTX has absolutely fucked everybody. There's a lot of conspiracies going on. You're going to want to tune into the end. Is is the U.S. government are they <laughs> sending money to another country? Ugh. You know, is this what is, is this money laundering? What is what is going on with SBF? And is there a decoupling happening between? the stock market and the crypto market now. And then on the flip side, if you look at the stock market, because we're, we're going to cover crypto and stocks in this episode, there might be some actual good signs in the stock market, which could counteract the negative things going on in the crypto market and maybe give us like a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, make sure to tune in the ep- end of the episode because we're going to give a full diagnosis of what's going on right now. Yeah. And we have, I guess we've been a little bit late on providing this update, but I think it's important that we digested everything, got all the information accurate before presenting it to you and putting in a very thoughtful insight into this episode. For sure. And, and the story keeps unfolding, right? Dominoes keep, keep toppling over. So, you know, I think by this time, everyone kind of knows what happened. Yeah. The second biggest exchange in the world, FTX, has gone bankrupt. They were stealing money from their users, funneling it to their Alameda research company. The FTT token went to zero. And this has just sent massive ripple waves through the cryptocurrency industry. If people thought they didn't trust it before, now they really don't trust it. For those who don't know, uh, FTX, I guess the CEO at the time was SBF. And what they ended up doing is they created uh, their Ponzi token, the FTT token, and they use that as collateral to borrow. And this ended up being billions of dollars that couldn't be repaid to actual creditors and debtor and investors. So once the Coindesk article was released, I don't know who leaked it. Uh, there's rumors circulating around that right now. You could see that their balance sheets were off and they had all this money that were owed, but they didn't have it. They didn't actually have any real assets because everything was pretty much in shit coins. They, they were taking users funds that were deposited into FTX sending them to Alameda Research right away. But Alameda Research had lost uh, basically all the money. So it was just fake assets across the board. And they knew that what they were doing. But anyway. And then CZ, the Binance guy, ended up you know, spreading a lot of FUD. And people started to withdraw their money, create a bank run. They didn't have enough assets to cover all the money that was being withdrawn. And this led to this absolute critical collapse of the crypto ecosystem. Yeah. So obviously this is, you know, done a lot of damage to Bitcoin, to crypto, to the entire industry. And I think you have to agree that this, we've really sent us into a crypto winter. Mm. You know, people were thinking, you know, when Bitcoin is at 
25, 22, 20, 18, you know, is this, is this the bottom? Is this the crypto winter? Well, now Bitcoin touched 15 something the other day and it's sitting around 16 K, something like that. I mean, this is, this is pretty close. It may not be the exact bottom, <coughs> but this is a crypto winter. Isn't this what everyone wanted to buy these, buy these projects at generational prices? You would think so. So, you know, we're sitting here right now and this is it. It's like, oh my, I think when, when crypto, when Bitcoin was sitting at like 35,000 people, like, oh, no way it goes to 20, you know? And then all of a sudden it's just creeping down to 20. Like, holy shit. Went down to 17, bounced back up. You're like, no way it can go down to 15. But here we are at 15. Is there any way it can go down to 10,000? So this is everything we did want, but are we get, are we dollar cost averaging into anything right now? Or are we kind of just sitting and let, waiting for the dust to settle? I think there's no rush to, you know, don't go all in right now. There's no rush because I don't think things are going to bounce back anytime soon. Uh, institutional investors, high net worth investors, they're going to be avoiding this market for a good period of time right now because of what just happened. A lot of really wealthy people just got wrecked yeah. and their funds are gone. You know, the, the Ontario, uh, you know, we're Canadian here. So the Ontario teachers pension, they had like a hundred mil in FTX. That's, I mean, I know that's just a drop in the bucket for them. Still, it's a hundred mil. It's still a hundred mil. Um, so I don't think there's any rush to, to jump all into the crypto markets right now. Yes, you can dollar cost average. And I think it's an interesting point, something you just said. It's like, this just happened now, and we've, we've bounced down to 15, 16K. Now, this is the second largest exchange in the world that went bust, and it still only brought us just a little lower than where we went at the bottom of the Luna Three Arrows Capital crash. Yeah. I mean, you could take that as a bullish sign for the industry. The fact that we didn't go lower, right? Because second biggest exchange, that's a big deal. And we only went, what, from 17 to 15K, that's, you know... 15, 10, 15% lower? Yeah. It's not that bad. I mean, I think it takes a little bit of time for the cascading effects to really be felt. You know, after the Terra Luna collapse, it took over <clears throat> 30 days before we started to see, you know, Celsius and Voyager and all that stuff before we had another big leg down. Right. At time of recording for this episode, we're only, what, nine or 10 days in? Right. So I think there's still another few weeks before more crypto exchanges go under and anybody who is tied to any of these, I don't know, fake assets that existed. And then any of these loans that are tied up with, you know, Genesis now that's going under and BlockFi that's going under and Almeida, obviously that's going under and FTX. So it's like, what happens when it gets divulged that maybe crypto.com has something to do with this or, you know, some other big lender out there. Right. So yeah, crypto.com who mistakenly sent like $500 million in ETH to the wrong, yeah. the wrong address. Yeah. Like what? So what's going on with that is proof of reserves. So I highlighted that Chainlink is one who can, who does these proof of reserves so that investors can feel more confident being on the exchange, knowing that, Hey, you actually have whatever you're, whatever you're borrowing, whatever you're lending out can actually be backed by real tangible assets. What these, companies are what these uh, exchanges are doing is they're sending money from one to one to the other so that they can take a snapshot and be like oh look we have everything yeah and then they'll show up on their website it's like okay we already have here's the proof of the reserves but then they just send it back right what a joke although one interesting thing that happened i think it was maybe two or three days ago that kind of saw like a little (coughs) bit of a bounce from where we were is cz and binance came out and said they're starting this industry saving fund where they can now help exchanges or platforms or companies in the industry that need the that need the the liquidity or the cash to cover their their holes in their balance sheet so i think that i mean you know when you are a big player in a space and you see your industry or sector in in dire need of things it's an opportunity right because you can buy businesses or you can take 
you can take investment pieces of businesses at pennies on a dollar when businesses are struggling. So I think he sees that. And, you know, if I trust any centralized exchange, it's Binance. They're yeah. probably strapped with cash. And I think now they're seeing an opportunity. They don't want to let another exchange go bust. He just got rid of his biggest competitor, you know, gangster move. Mm. He doesn't really want to see a cascading effect because it negatively affects their business. So I think he's seeing this as an opportunity where now he can potentially help out anyone else that's going to go bust. So although I do agree with you that we haven't seen the full effect of the dominoes falling, I think now what you're going to see is potentially Binance and other big players say, look, we're going to help the industry out. We're going to step in if anything else happens. Well, think about how much money Binance would begin losing if all faith is lost in the crypto, crypto industry. CZ and Binance makes money by people exchanging their tokens. So if all of a sudden everybody's like, no, this place is too dangerous for me, he's now going to start losing money. So yeah, you kind of need to be careful with how many people are going out of business. For sure. Yeah, you don't want to see the entire industry <coughs> collapse if that's your business. In terms of a Bitcoin low, though, it's interesting that... Uh, the Bitcoin low this year is only the fifth worst in bear market history. In terms of what? Uh, where it drops off from its all-time high right. before it bounces again. So on average, it reaches 85% from its all-time high. Um, so 80, an 80% downturn would be 13,800. Okay. An 85% downturn would be 10,300 on Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see those numbers being reached. Maybe not necessarily this year. Maybe next year, maybe in 2023, we see the ultimate low yeah. for Bitcoin. Yeah, for um, sure. So that, that kind of leads us into maybe what else is going on on the other side of the markets, the stock market, right? Because if, if we think that, you know, you look at the stock markets have been rallying a little bit. And we've been talking about a bear market rally and a midterm rally for a long time on this show. And you have seen stocks in certain sectors and the overall markets rally. Maybe I think it's up 10%, the S&P in the past like month and a half. So there is a little bit of a rally going on, and we've talked about this many times, the number of rallies you see during a recession or a bear market. It's usually like six or seven rallies, and we've only seen two or three. So the stock market is potentially leading into a rally phase here now that the midterm elections have passed. Unfortunately, the crypto <coughs> markets might be left behind because of what happened. However, there could be opportunities in the stock market. It, it is possible. My only concern with the stock market right now is the fact that we haven't really had a clear cut winner when it comes to, you know, this is a midterm year, midterm election year. So historically, as we've covered in our previous episodes, we see double the returns after, but there's still a lot of uncertainty in, in terms of, you know, who's going to be obtaining the house, who's getting the Senate um, and all that. So I think there's going to be some still some additional market turbulence. Also the fed wants to see the markets crash and if we're not going to, because now we're seeing uh, CPI, the consumer price index, coming lower than expected, which is great. Uh, the PPI is also coming in lower than expected, which is great. But at the same time, if the market's still ripping, I think the Fed still wants to see that, that come down a bit. So they may either A, not pivot as quickly as people are going to want it to happen. So let's say we're expecting 50 basis points, and that's why we're rallying right now. And then all of a sudden, they drop the hammer of 75. Yep right? Because that can happen. Um, the other thing to factor in is, is that historically after a pivot is when the stock market actually declines anywhere between 25 to 50% after, after a pivot. So after they, 
it's important to know the difference between after they talk about pivoting and after they actually pivot. That's the thing. Right? That's what I'm referring to yeah. is the actual pivot. Yeah. So it's obviously, it's all about sentiment, right? Like what are we expecting? Things are priced in to the yeah. future, but it's the actual pivot itself. So when that occurs, I would exercise caution because historically that's when we also see a further downside. Right. So that could kind of time up with what we're talking about with like a <laughs> rally now. And then it goes back down in like early middle next year. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, we're, we are more focused on the crypto markets than we are the stock markets, although we obviously analyze both. But this whole FTX and crypto crash has kind of made us forget about what happened with Powell and the Fed and uh, all the FOMC that was like f three or four days before that all happened on mm. November 2nd, I think it was. And you remember how, how hawkish and how, you know, aggressive um, Powell's tone was in that conference saying, he said, they, they might end up raising rates more than they thought they would be. He said rates could end up higher than anyone thought. He said it's, he said it's very preemptive and too early to even start thinking about a pivot. And I think, you know, we were all like kind of digesting that. And then FTX collapsed and we've kind of forgotten about that. So while I do think there is potential fuel for a bear market rally, we still have to remember exactly what you just said. You're fighting the Fed when you're thinking the stock market is going to absolutely rip from here, you know, a melt up or whatever you think. The Fed does not want to see that. And you do not want to go against the Fed, just like you didn't want to go shorting against the Fed when they were printing money, because that just did not work. You don't really want to be too aggressively leveraged long or all in long when you know the Fed could drop the hammer at any time. And then what happens if, if the consumer price index comes in higher than expected? You know, yeah, gas prices came down, OPEC did all the, you know, dropped their prices and all that. What if because of uh, heating costs this winter, all of a sudden we've noticed in November, uh, the next reading that comes out, it comes in at 7.8, right? That would absolutely obliterate the markets. I think there is a good percent, good chance of that happening. If you think about, you know, we've just gone through the summer, we've gone through some difficulties, maybe <coughs> things are temporarily getting better, but we're heading into a winter where Europe in particular is, uh, has a massive energy crisis food crisis, the supply chain crisis is still raging. There's still geopolitical risk in multiple areas of the world. I think there's a lot of things that could happen that could make inflation come back stronger than ever. So I think we may have reached a local top for inflation around like the, this kind of maybe the end of 2022. But I think you could easily see the CPI inflation numbers coming back above even higher than they were a month or two ago in like February, March, April. And that could be the time where they really put the hammer down and we see that final, final drop. So yeah. it's something to keep in mind. I feel like, you know, the markets are designed to wreck the most possible people. So, you know, if the markets continue to rally from here, the stock markets in particular, people are going to start to FOMO in and say recession over bear market over. And as soon as people push all in, then boom, the rug gets pulled. One thing I think is important to highlight is the fact that what they want to see is layoffs. They want to see unemployment increase. And that's what's happening now. Um, from some of the major tech companies in the world, 67,000 plus layoffs have now occurred. That's a lot. However, that's just a, a very small percentage of the layoffs that are coming. Yep. So, but that is a, a good indicator. That is what the Fed wants to see. They want to see these layoffs happening because now there's less demand. Clearly, these companies are laying off because there's way less demand. Uh, like Amazon, for example, has just laid off tens of thousands of people. Right. And that's right before the holidays. Yeah. So really? that really says something like, People are not out there spending as much anymore. So what's going to end up happening is these businesses are going to have to bring down the prices again to bring the consumers back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
it's it's certainly not all roses and sunshine out there. Um, but again, you just we have to keep our 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 mind frame in a long term investment cycle here. You know, we are deep in a bear market now in crypto and in stocks as well. So if you're a long term investor, this is where you accumulate those positions that you hold for three, four, five, ten years that you make generational wealth from. You know, if you look at blue chip crypto projects like Polygon Matic, who's, you know, working with every big company in the world, or, you know, Algorand or all these ones that have real partnerships with real products rolling out, you now over the over the next six to twelve months have an opportunity to stack up these coins at prices you wouldn't have even dreamed of 12 months ago. You know, they're down 90, 95% from where they were. And people are still fearful. It's, people always want the low prices in the bear market until it comes. Mm. And then you're just too scared to buy. One thing I do want to highlight on that point is the accumulation phase. And I do believe that, you know, um, some stats we were referring to earlier on the Twitter spaces um, was that, Rates on credit card debt is the highest it's been since 1990, okay? Credit card debt is at a record of $930 billion. Mortgage rates, 7.2% or higher, higher than 2008. So the average retail investor right now is getting absolutely pummeled Mm. just in their everyday life. You know, you go to the grocery store and it costs an extra $2 to buy a loaf of bread, et cetera, right? So retail is not going to be piling in and driving these crypto prices up anytime soon. Right. What's more is due to the FTX fallout, I also don't see institutional investors stepping in until there's regulations, the dust has been completely settled and everything's clear and it's safe to pour money back in. I don't think we're going to see institutional money come in for a while now. No, so, I agree. So if the retailers are dead and the institutional investors are definitely not investing, I think we're going to have a much longer accumulation phase for the next. So what I'm trying to say is you don't have to go all in right now. And you're going to have many months to be dollar cost averaging into whatever it is that you believe to be a really good investment. For sure. It's, it's what we kind of talked about at the start of this episode. There's no rush. This is the definition of a crypto winter. So you can set that dollar cost average schedule for every week or every two weeks, every month, whatever you want to do. Um, but just know that, you know, Bitcoin's not going to rip to 40K anytime soon because the institutional interest, the retail interest, it's gone. So this is, you know, create a plan. Create that group of 10 to 15 coins, whatever you want. If you're looking at crypto that you want to accumulate over the next year plus, and if you stick to it, I think you can have an opportunity to make some decent gains. You know, not financial advice, obviously, but this is now the, you don't get 10Xs and 100Xs from buying during middle of a top of a bull market. You get these 10X, 100X from identifying great projects, which is what we do on the show all the time and in the Discord, buying them at their bottom in a bear market diamond handing them, spot holding them, you know, if they fall another 30%, don't panic sell and waiting until the next bull run, which might not be until 2024, or whatever it is, but it's patience. And as scary as the bottom of a bear market is, it's designed to be scary. And this is, this is a great flush. You know, this is like, you know, the dot com um, bubble. This is like the marijuana boom. It's like, Everything in that sector absolutely ripped, right? You could have put money into Yahoo, into Ask Jeeves, or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, Google. Yeah. Yeah. They all would have done well. And in the marijuana industry, you could have invested in Tilray, Ianthus, uh, Aurora. It doesn't matter. They all went up. But what ends up happening is you get the two to three that rise. The cream rises to the top. So now you have like your True Leaf, which is doing really well, and your Green Thumb. So yeah. In this space, I think now it's going to come down to the point where investors are going to be 
they're going to scrutinize the projects they're investing in a lot more. They're going to want to see either revenue, utility. They want to ensure that the team is there. So if you're a dodgy company, you can't just have these people hiding behind these monkey profile pictures anymore on their websites. Yeah. Everything needs to be there. And I think a lot more due diligence is going to be put in place by the investors now moving forward, which should get rid of a lot of the shitty projects. Actually, and which is good for liquidity because now more money can actually flow into good projects versus being spread out across 20,000. All like the scam projects, all the meme right? tokens, all that crap. So yeah. imagine if all that money could now start flowing into the good ones. Yeah. I mean, probably where it's probably still not going to happen like as much as we think it will. Not yet. You know, the scams will come back yeah, yeah. When, when the froth comes back. But I was just going to say, it's a good idea. We should do an episode in a, in a following a following week about how to identify good bear market projects. Mm. You know, like we, we've done episodes in, in the past about um, how to find good projects, but I think things have shifted a little bit now where exactly what you were talking about. Like you shared that tweet about companies that are actually making revenue that mm. actually have utility. So we should do an episode about how to find bear market projects, like yeah, projects yeah. that will survive and do a 10X or 100X. So if you really want to check that one out, we're going to be making it in the following weeks. But I mean, look, in conclusion, I think right now we are in the depths of a bear market. There is no question about it. We have shady shit going on in the crypto space. Massive exchange collapse. Bitcoin is in peril. People don't want a thing to do with crypto. If you're a long-term investor, this is when you want to start paying attention. This is not the time to go away. And stocks the same. You know, if you look at tech stocks right now, things that were flying high a year, two years ago, they're in the pits right now. Do you think technology is going away from the world anytime soon? I don't. So if you really want to build a portfolio, this is the time to slowly accumulate. Things aren't going to bounce back anytime soon, like Josh was saying, but you have to keep a long-term mind frame in investing. And we're entering what could be a very, very generational opportunity to buy amazing crypto and stocks. So, you know, just keep your head up. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's it's hard, right? So we're gonna keep producing content, still try to stay updated on everything that's going on in the market. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, and then tune to the next episode. That one is gonna be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.